Dr. Toad, this is Dr. Walter Aka. Dr. Kyle Dumper. And Dr. Gary Dennis. Greetings and salutations. Yes, yes, yes. So we are here to just, you know, we're just we're just here to talk. We're here to just talk with everybody and, and kind of get an idea of what everybody's doing. Uh, and let's be honest, I think today's just more of a rant for us, at least for me. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna start off by saying <laughs> that I'm going to be complaining and bitching a lot today. It's an event, event session. <laughs> I'm just an event session, for sure. Well, let, you know, let's just dive right in, because I think I was telling you guys earlier. Um, so to this week, I had to, um, I had to dismiss and send home an, an assistant in training. And let me go ahead and tell you the story. So, so this girl, we'll, we'll call them, uh, uh, we'll call them, uh, what's it called? Jane Doe. Jane well, Doe. What, what, day, what day of the week was it? It was uh, Thursday. Let's call it Thursday. Okay, Thursday. So <laughs> Thursday, okay, has been training with me for about two weeks, okay? And Thursday is not doing well. Thursday has not been picking up anything. It's tough, right? We we teach like for example, Thursday had a situation on Monday <laughs> where she decides she's going to touch the used instruments with her bare hands instead of wearing gloves. What? And I see this and I said, "Ah, that's not good. That's a bad idea <laughs> what you're doing right now." <laughs> so Thursday had to go put gloves on in order to clean the instruments. Very very dangerous. Okay. Yeah. So I'm already yeah. concerned for this this uh, Thursday's health. Uh and then uh, my other assistants are coming in, and one of them actually was brought to tears because she said, and I quote, there is nothing I can do for this girl. She doesn't know how to listen. <laughs> she can't learn. <laughs> <laughs> so Thursday is kind of, you know, she's messing up the vibe because it's like we have to do double work to nice. try to get, you know, to make, basically we're making up the mistake. <laughs> we're like going back and redoing things that Thursday uh, didn't do. Is this Thursday's first dental job? This is Thursday's first any job, it seems like. Okay. <laughs> you know, when I was when I was twelve years old, my mom hired me under the table, and I'm gonna say this now because I think it's, I can legally say this, but you know, the, the the statute of limitations are over, I think. <laughs> you know, she hired me as at, at one of her retail uh, offices to basically go in there and just tie shoes right it was me and my buddy it was like a yeah. summer job and it was under the table we got paid i want to say like five bucks an hour i mean but we were excited 12 years old uh you know we're, we're killing it. i'm feeling good about it you know uh and so i was excited about that and then when i turned the rightful age of like 16 you know i got my first job at kmart i'm not sure if you guys remember what kmart you know yeah and, and i was you know i was cashier and then they would tell me to go outside and get the carts and up north we're up north so like there's snow it was cold outside I didn't yeah. want to go out there, but I had to go out there. And we didn't have the fancy cart carriers. You know how like people just push the button and all the fifty carts are like moving by themselves? Yeah, yeah. I, I was that I was that machine. So I was moving the carts <laughs> <laughs> and I'm slipping in the snow and stuff. So, you know, this is for me to say that, you know, I've had jobs and I'm I guarantee you guys have had jobs and stuff. Yep. Well, Thursday yep. is nineteen years old, and I can guarantee this is her first job. The reason why I know that is because I've never seen somebody have a blank look on their face when it comes to any kind of responsibility. Okay. <laughs> so so Thursday comes around on a Thursday and uh, I'm trying to teach her and everybody's trying to teach her. And I, 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 there's my one my second to last patient. And I'm like, hey, so we're going to do this surgery. What kind of sutures are we going to use? And she looks at me, she goes, uh, chromic. And I said, well, no, we're going to be putting bone and membrane. So what kind of suture do you want? Do you think we should use? Mind you, I've said this multiple times because mm -hmm. 80% of what I do is extractions. 80%. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I use a lot of bone and membrane. Okay. This should not be new. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Right. She goes, and I quote, I don't know. How about you just tell me so I can do my damn job? Cool. Oh. I look around wow. and I did one of these look arounds like, okay, she must be talking to somebody else. And I looked around. <laughs> like I went blank. <laughs> I looked around. Wow. I was like, okay, she must be talking to somebody else. And I looked back at her. I said, okay, you can get the hell out. So I kick her out of the operatory. Okay. The, the, I, this is in front of a patient? patient? In front of a patient. <laughs> in front of a patient. Oh, my God. In oh. front of a patient. So, so I kick her out of the operatory. The patient, I feel bad for her. Very nice lady. She's looking at me like, what the hell is going on? So then she, she, I kick her out of the operatory. I bring another assistant. The other assistant's in the middle of her lunch. She goes, Doc, I haven't eaten. I'm like, I don't care who comes in here, but one of you two is going to come into this um, surgery. So my no. other assistant's like, yeah, I got it. 
So he jumps in to the surgery, right? And I go, you know what? I'm not done. So I I put my suture, I mean, I put my 15 blade down, walk out, de-glove everything, go find her. And I tell her, get the hell home. Just go home. (laughs) I don't even want to see you. Then I had to regown everything. So it was like, now I'm just irritated because I'm like inconvenienced now. You know what I mean? With COVID, like, you know, you guys have seen me. I I wear a lot. So I have to like do all this extra stuff just to go and finish this surgery. And then everybody in the office, mind you, so I travel. We're going to talk about that later, about traveling, dentistry and stuff. So everybody in the office throughout the, the like the end of the day is coming up to me. Oh, my God. What happened? What's going on? Da-da-da. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. Everybody leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> finish my day on a Thursday so I can go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. And so I ask you guys this. If that would have happened to you guys, what would you have done? Did I overreact? I... Because I felt like I actually took the right precautions. So I try never to have that type of confrontation in front of a patient. Well, so, so do I. But this was an educational I, moment, I thought. So <laughs> I, I probably, if I, if I knew I was going to ask her some questions, I would have asked her those questions before we went entered the room with the patient. Okay. So if she was going to have that reaction, she would have had it before the patient was there. So then you don't look like, uh, you know, like the patient's about to have a bad experience. Because of people's attitudes. Okay. So and, the, but, then, the, but then hold on one more thing. One more thing. Yeah. And then also, if, if there was, if that were to happen in front of the patient, I would do my best to keep my cool and just say, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to take off your gloves. I need you to go get one of the other assistants. Mm-hmm. And then when she brought the, the other assistant, then I'd be like, thank you. You can go. And just I kept it. Good, I, I, I think that's a good way to handle it. It's a very uh, good way to handle it. But okay, so this is actually the part where I'm going to question you a little bit. In that moment, do you really think you would have handled it that way? <laughs> like in I mean, all no. honesty. Absolutely not. Exactly. I mean, I, <laughs> like, like I understand the, what I should have done. But what I'm saying is, would you have actually done it that same things exact ha- way? Well, things happen in the moment that, right. looking back, you wish you would have changed. And you think to yourself, why? Why would I? Why did I act that way? Or why right. did that outcome happen? Right. So I'm a little bit older than you all. Oh, right? get out of here, Gary! It's like two so years. Calm down. I, I, uh, <laughs> you know, and and y'all know I'm a hothead. <laughs> yes, you are. But <laughs> go ahead. So, so I'm I'm sure I probably have done something similar. <laughs> okay. uh, so, and having done something similar, right? I hope to always, you know, better myself, right? Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. in front of the patient. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's why I say that. Right. That's probably how I would have handled it now. Now, yeah. Now, well, now, so you know. the only thing I regret is, like you said, the patient had to hear that. You know, from right. when I basically yeah. dismissed her from the operatory, the patient had yeah. to hear that. Anything else, I don't feel bad about at all. Did you at least ask it like at when you when the your other assistant came in? Did you at least ask the patient like, "Are you enjoying the music? Is there any particular?" Oh music yeah, I said, like "Are you doing to? okay?" You know, like I basically, <laughs> <laughs> I basically made it seem like it never happened. You know, I yeah, started cracking yeah, jokes yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. So in her mind, she might have thought like, "I might have dreamt this." <laughs> yeah. like, was I on nitrous? Right. <laughs> So you, so if you pretend it never happened, then I assumed it never happened. You know, that was my mindset going into it. Like, and then, I mean, the great thing was the surgery went really quickly and everything. And she was like, oh, this was awesome. So it was, I think, oh, yeah, I think in the end, she really probably thought, hmm, maybe I, de- I dreamt that, you know, <laughs> I, I did get numb, you know, because <laughs> so, she like was like, oh man, he's great and everything. So in in her mind, I hope, I hope. That she really was like, man, I dreamt that. Because I actually felt the same way after it was all said and done. Like, I had actually dreamt that. Like, there's no way somebody could be that belligerent and that disrespectful in front of a patient. That's the part that threw me away. Like, that's the part that threw me to that whole new level. Was how could you be that disrespectful? Especially when, like, for me, you know, despite all the other complaints, I've been very, I've been very patient. Right. I've been, yeah. you know, incredibly patient. Because I'm like, you know, if, if she's brand new, she's coming out of school. Like, she wants to be a hygienist. And I mean, I, I, I hope that that never happens. And I never say that about anybody who wants to go. <laughs> I never say that about anybody that wants to go into dental. 
I just don't see that ever ending well for, for any patient that she has to touch. So is Thursday coming back to work on Monday? Oh, no. Thursday was uh, she, <laughs> Thursday was supposed to be at work on Friday. And Thursday is uh, no longer. She was sick today, apparently. Or sick on Friday. Okay. Yeah, and All I right. said, "Good. I'm Thursday's glad that she not was coming sick. back Monday." And, and, and the funny thing was, uh, the day went incredibly smooth without yeah. Thursday being there. Yeah. So my question is, what if Thursday appears on Monday? What are you going to do? That's a, that's a good question because the person that's in charge of her, I basically sent an email or a text message saying, "Don't ever put her with me again." So I felt like I've kind of uh, settled that part. But well, if Thursday you know, shows up, I'm going to be like Thursday. And just act like, you know, I, I personally, I, I don't, I, I, I'm going to probably let Thursday go home again, to be honest with you, just because of the fact that I just now can't train you. In my mind, mm-hmm. I can't train you because again, I've never been disrespectful to you. If anything, I've been more than patient with you and I've helped you out when the other assistants wanted to kick you out earlier. Now, you know I mean? if Thursday really wants to keep her job and she comes in Monday morning and says, Dr. Aka, I apologize for my behavior on Thursday. Uh, I, I hope this won't affect my employment moving forward. Right. Would you reconsider? Well, yeah. So so now now you're in the level of like, okay, so you've owned up to what you did, right? And you've apologized for what you did. Now you're going to have to prove to me that you've learned something from it. So I, you're going to ask her what type of suture? What type of suture? <laughs> I'm, Gary, I'm not even going to lie to you. I might even be harder than than what type of suture. <laughs> Thursday, I, if you're listening to this, I'm trying to help you save your job. You really you are. <laughs> you really you are. You better know what suture is. <laughs> All, you know, you know what? Phone call a friend or something. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I just don't understand. And this is this, you know, and, and I've talked to other people and they're like, it might just be her age. But I refuse to believe that because I've, I've met and dealt with people who are younger than her that are way more responsible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the part. It's like, it's, I just think it's just responsibility in her you know what i mean i just think thursday is just not capable of being responsible for her actions or anything because there were times where assistants my other sisters came to me talking about she's sitting in the room on her phone and i'm like mm-hmm. well tell her to get off her phone like she shouldn't be on her phone you know but in her mindset in her mind that's okay to do right you see so yeah. again is that is that something that's taught or just pure just i mean i don't care what happens i'm just gonna do me it has to be her first job. It has to be because okay, congrats. Okay, but if it if, even if it is her first job, like you should know something that hey, you can't do this on a job. Well, I mean, if it's your first job and it doesn't uh, explicitly say in like your job agreement that you can't be on your phone, you're assuming then- you're assuming that she read any kind of agreement, man. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it doesn't explicitly <laughs> say that, then it doesn't. I mean. You know, she's never been told that before. Like I always look at, I always look at everything in life as you can do whatever you want until someone tells you you can't do it. Okay, so I guess murder is the same way. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? That okay? I mean, I mean, you know, taking, there's there's common kind sense. Of, kind of no, well beyond. No, it's common sense. Of, like you can't sit there and act no. like you can do something that well, no one okay. else is doing but you. Then okay, let's let's stick with that. Okay, All right, so let's say. That yes, I'm gonna say yes to that. In this, in this, uh, these guidelines. Okay. Is, okay. Is that if you were if you were raised Christian? I can only speak about Christianity because uh, I went to Catholic school my whole life. Okay. Right? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I want to see so, where this is going. So if you were raised a Christian, uh, probably by the time you were three years old, you know what the Ten Commandments are. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So based off of that, you know that killing people is not something you can do. Someone told you you can't do that. Yeah. OK, well, OK, well, so within that whole s- framework, now I'm going to this may sound ridiculous, but do you think a three year old knows what adultery is? No, <laughs> okay. <that> is not. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying is that's there's semantic. a lot. There's a lot that these you know kids just don't know, but it's written in the Ten Commandments. Like, do you see what I'm saying? It's like after a while, someone at 19 should know. Hey, this is how I act in in, in a professional environment. That's what I'm getting at. I feel like there are other people that should have said, by the way, you might not want to do this, or maybe put your f- best foot forward. Well, I, I look like this. If hmm. someone 
if I tell my assistants, I'm like, I don't care what you're doing when you're not in the room with me, but all the work better be done. Right. And if I come and find you, you better be working. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, if you want to be on your phone somewhere, like, and I'm not around, like, I'm not going to stop you from doing that. Right. But, and I'm like, hey, why is it, why are these instruments not sterilized? Why is that stuff not set up? Mm. Then I'm be like, what are you doing? You know? Okay. Yeah. But if you got all that done, if all that stuff's done, then I don't really care. Right. But and that's, that's you, been my mentality too. You, you better, you better at least pretend like you're working. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I've only had to fire one person. Now I've had a couple of other employees leave, but that one person that I fired and those couple of employees that left, looking back at it myself, I look at that as my own failure because I feel like pretty much anybody can be taught to do anything if the attitude's right on both sides of the table. And when I look at the person that I had to fire or the people that let go, I look into myself and say, what what could I have done better as a manager, as a boss to make that person uh, perform better on the job, care about their job more? Or is there anything that I, is it just out of my hands at that point? And they, I need to help them realize that this might not be the job for you. Uh, let's part ways uh, on good terms, but it's maybe that's a way to look at this as uh, how can you help to coach her being that you're her superior to either realize if this is the career she wants to get into as far as dentistry, assisting, hygiene. Uh, if she goes into hygiene, she's going to have to deal with you know, dentists anyway. Uh, so it could be a, a good learning experience for her to be like, well, maybe I, I, I don't want to be a, an assistant. Maybe I don't want to go into hygiene. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. But, well, she definitely needs, um, I don't know, what gentler care more more gentle care and uh way more patience true treat, treat her like treat her like the snowflake she is <laughs> that's beautiful Kyle. that's beautiful i'm gonna send her to you kyle i'm gonna send her to you and i want you to treat her the same <laughs> as as a snowflake the as well snowflake. yes you know i want you to treat her like a snowflake and bring her back to me when she's become a, a blossom and flower or whatever next analogy you would use <laughs> She's a caterpillar. There you go. She needs to become a butterfly. I'm a butterfly. There it is. Well, anyway, enough about my my uh, week with with Thursday. But go ahead, you guys. Anything uh, anything good? Yeah. Uh, oh, you want me? To, you want me to go first? Okay. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, what happened to to me this week is I um, went to this office on a Friday for the first time. Very first, never been there before. Um, this office is mainly Medicaid, okay. right? Um, so uh, I only go to this office once a month, the first time. Uh, I feel I felt like that uh, it was actually time for me to, you know, help people who really uh, were were in need. Not to say that current patients I see aren't in need, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I feel, I feel like going there, I'm, I'm giving back a little bit more. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I arrive at the office, the office, uh, opens at 9 a.m. First patients at 9 a.m. I mm-hmm. did the office about 8 20. Okay. Right. Okay. In my mind, I'm thinking that someone will arrive around 8 30 right. uh, to let us in. So then we can prepare for the day. Right. Makes Especially sense. since we've never been here before. So so for people that don't know, Dr. Dennis basically travels around to different offices and does their endodontic work, their root canals and everything. So that's that's where why he's in a new office. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Are so, you taking your equipment with you when you do this? Um for this particular office, no. They provide everything. They provide uh, all the equipment, instrumentation, uh supplies. So um, also more of a reason to probably get there a little early to see right. what is actually available in the office. Right. So the, uh, office manager arrives at eight 57. Ooh. First patient is at nine o'clock. <laughs> Ooh. Right. Ooh. So okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm sitting in my car for, I don't 
what 40 minutes mm-hmm. and and um during that time uh a group of dental assistants have congregated at the front door <clears throat> and they're all like on their phones looking around like where like why no one opened the door so i'm like so this is probably not a regular thing okay because they even looked confused about <laughs> right why they couldn't get in but i'd say they really didn't get there till about 8 45 Right. Mm. So wow. I went in, I wouldn't ask them. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm Dr. Dennis. So, you know, I'm the I'm the doing a donist. Um, what time do the office manager get here? And they're like, oh, they, they used to get here about 850. And I was like, well, what time do you all see your first patient? And they're like, oh, like one uh, young lady said, oh, I, I'm with the orthodontist and um, nine o'clock. And I was like, how does that work? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. And, I mean, cause don't, and, don't they have they like their shoulders like. You know, just does, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, huh? So they don't even so, prepare for their day, like they don't have huddles or anything, because uh, there's I, no way you I can. Mean, I mean, I met the orthodontist. Okay, uh, the guy. Well, probably not. This guy was like 73. Mm. He told me, or 75, something like that. He told me he had been practicing as an orthodontist for 53 years. Mm. I was like, wow. It, Holy and crap. and I, I mean, I looked at him, and my response was, I believe it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought to myself there's no way i'm going to be practicing dentistry right <laughs> right oh my years. lord i'm like i'm just not going to do that right <laughs> um so wow but granted he's an orthodontist so i was like they don't really do any work anyway the sisters do all the work it's not manual right. labor you know so i'm like i guess that's the lifestyle that you know yeah. you can probably do it forever because you're not really doing that much work right um, or it's not strenuous, mm-hmm. laborious work. I'm putting that way. right. It's more mental. Um, so not to say that what we do isn't mental. It's, okay, okay Carrie, we, yeah. anyway, right, we get anyway. it. We get it. So anyway, so anyway, all right. <laughs> so back on. to the So we finally get in the office, and then I let them know that I need an operatory that has an X-ray head in it, uh, because we're gonna be taking multiple X-rays during the procedure, and I don't want to have to, you know, move people around or whatever. It's gonna add time, or whatever. And they're like, okay, sure. You can have operatory six. I'm like, great. So then we're trying to we're trying to get on the computer. Computer does not work in operatory six. <laughs> right? So, so what time is no it now? <laughs> no x-ray capability. Oh, it's like now it's like 915. Uh we still don't even know where like the rotary motor is. Wow. Where like <laughs> where the instrument sets are, where's the gutter percha, like none of that. We haven't even got to that point yet, right? Wow. So then, so then we have no x-ray capabilities. Then they're like, but the x-ray unit is like in, in the wall. So mm-hmm. it goes from those two operatories beside, side by side. So I was like, okay, well, we can go into operatory five. So then my assistant starts moving the stuff in there. And then they're, um, they're, the office lead assistant comes in and she says, oh, that chair is broken. <laughs> so so i'm like okay and then my assistant looks at me like what in like where have you taken me (laughs) (laughs) you know and i was like this is what we're gonna do we're gonna take the x-rays in this room and then we're gonna do the treatment in this room makes sense uh we did that but the but then i realized during the treatment i i look at the x-ray probably 75% of the time that I'm doing the treatment. Yeah. Like I look at the x-ray more than I look at the, at the patients too, because once I, you know, once I find the canals, like they're not yeah. moving anywhere. Right. You know? Right. Um, so that was a little, um, I don't want to say frustrating, but definitely was an adjustment and added more time to the procedure. Right. And then, and then we had to move the patient over to that room and then move them back to the other room and move. And it just, it just made the day so, incredibly long yeah um so this, and is then your, the, this was your friday it was my friday right okay. so we ended up only uh i think we only saw seven patients and then we only end up doing i think we only did four root canals but but that was because oh, like console. two people um one person didn't have any money one person decided they wanted to extract the tooth mm. and the other person tooth was normal right and then i remember the orthodontist <laughs> the guy came up to me and he was like, he's like, how's your day going? And I'm like, you know, it, it's, it's first day. 
you know, at this office. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and he's like, yeah. And then um, I, I looked over where he was working. Every chair was full. This guy probably saw 30 people and left like two hours before I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, that is amazing. He has a well-oiled machine. He knows what so, he's yeah. doing. He knows yeah. he knows what chair was broken. Years, you don't need a huddle. You don't need a huddle. Right. <laughs> he knew what chair was broken. That's actually what, what, what it was. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, put him over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were supposed to have another room. They were like, nah. <laughs> he needs yeah. to understand give, where the hierarchy the is. Guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> so are you going back to this office? I am, I am. Uh, but I told him that, uh, you know, we, we can be a lot more efficient if either that chair is fixed in one room or their computer is fixed in the other room. They're, they they were well, they were quite apologetic though and they said that they they will work on it. Okay, well, what, what was the excuse of the office manager for showing up 3 minutes before the first patient? Right. Oh, she said that she is not the one that normally opens up the office. It was their their lead assistant. Mm-hmm. But their lead assistant had to go to court that morning. And no one thought so, ahead. Like that court, that court date is like scheduled for like two months in advance. I know. <laughs> like, I know. That, so that's why. That's why that. That's happened. a that's a poor and, excuse. And she she said she said they'll they'll be there at eight thirty from now on. Okay. So okay. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll find out. We'll see. Wow. We'll hmm. see. All right. Well, Kyle, do you have yeah. anything? <laughs> because because yeah. I really don't yeah. know how you can beat throwing somebody out and not having a chair. <laughs> or so, or an X-ray machine when you're an endodontist, so he's just gotta be good. You, you guys' problems were uh, other people's fault. This one, it, I take full blame for this. So oh, this I, have, I, I do a lot of crowns. I do I, a general dentist, so I, I, I do pretty much everything. Uh, when somebody has a partial denture, they uh, ideally the way we're taught in dental school, if you're going to do a partial denture on somebody. The teeth that those partial dentures grab onto should be nice, solid, sturdy teeth. Probably should have some some crowns on called survey crowns that a a partial denture slides down over top of so everything fits. Uh, In the real world, you see a lot of partial dentures that are sitting on huge just fillings, composites, Mm -hmm. amalgams, not a whole lot of tooth left. So whenever that tooth breaks and you have to put a crown on it, you have to get that crown to fit the partial denture. Or, or, or make, make a, brand a new, new one. partial denture. Yeah. Uh, which people don't want to pay for a crown. They don't want to pay to get five crowns at that point and a new partial denture to do it the right way. So you start to make these compromises. Okay. I can probably make a crown fit this partial denture. I have a 3D scanner that I, I don't take fit uh, goo impressions anymore. I use a 3D scanner. So I can generally scan the tooth the way it sits, send it to the lab after I'm done prepping it. Scan that and say, make this crown match exactly how the tooth was before I touched it. Mm. That way, the the partial denture can slide down over top and everything fits generally pretty well. So I've done a couple of these. They, for the most part, turn out good. A couple of minor adjustments here and there when you put the crown in. Uh, This guy comes in, same situation, broken tooth, has a partial I got this. No problem. Let's get you in for the crown. Do the crown. Make the temporary crown. He's doing great. He comes in on Thursday for to get his final crown put in. The assistant makes the adjustments for the crown. She said everything's good. Fits right in. Edges are good. Contacts are good on the crown. So I'm checking everything. Okay, looks good. Let's try the partial denture in before I cement this crown. Go to put the partial in. Doesn't fit at all. Okay, okay. So you start looking at this and this is where you start to go down this rabbit hole of decisions. And looking back, we we talked about uh, actions we wish we could have changed looking back. (laughs) So it starts off with, all right, I think I can grind on this crown a little bit and get it to fit this partial. Mm -hmm. 10, 15 minutes later, you're still grinding on this crown and you're like, okay, well, I think the arm on this partial denture that just this tip is what's keeping it from going down. So in your stressed out head, because you've got five other patients in the chair that you're already 10 minutes behind on, let's just cut the little tip off this arm. And then 
let's let's uh, let's cut a little bit more off, and then before you know it, you cut the whole arm off one of the sides of the partial denture. So, so does, you got to explain to them what that arm, <laughs> why it's important. So, there's depending on how a partial denture is held into place in your teeth, there's a number of arms that grab onto the teeth. And that is what helps to keep that partial denture in place. It's grabbing on, it slides down over the top of the teeth, it squeezes the teeth and it keeps the partial denture in place. This this partial denture had four or five different arms on it. So I figured in my head at the time, it ain't gonna hurt anything to lose one of these arms because he still had (laughs) arms on both sides of the thing. Right. So I cut the arm, some arms off or that arm off uh, adjust the crown a little bit more. And for the most part, I get this partial denture to seat down. There's a tiny little bit of rock into it, but it seems to be doing good. And I told the guy, you know, this is a risk of trying to get a, a, a partial or a crown to fit an existing partial. I thought everything was fine. I walked out of the room. Uh, I said, try it out for a little bit. Let me know what you think. Uh, go check some other patients, come back, walk by another room. Real quick, I see somebody's in there. I didn't see the face. I asked my assistant, who, who's that guy in this other room? Oh, he came back. He doesn't like how it fits. Okay, so go into the room, try to adjust things a little bit more. He said, why, why did you cut the arm off my partial denture? You didn't ask my permission for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you, you got me. I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't ask your permit. He said, it doesn't fit at all anymore. I can't wear this thing. Uh, you destroyed my partial. Of course. And, now it's- and, and at that point, things things go downhill real fast. So basically, he's not oh. happy with me, which understandably so, I would be upset also. Uh, and I told him, I will make you, we can make you a new partial denture. It's going to take, partial dentures aren't something I can well, okay. turn out real wait, quick. Wait, wait a minute, before we continue this, I just want to ask you, did you tell him at the beginning that, hey, this is not the best option for you? No, no, I didn't. Okay. And, and that's, uh, again, another thing that uh, what I take responsibility for. Okay. Ideally, I should have said, you need a crown here, but you've got four or five other teeth that this thing is grabbing onto. Right. You have the potential for other issues. Mm-hmm. If you want to get everything fixed right, we should put crowns on everything, make you a new partial denture. Right. I did. That, that was, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I go back and I look at my lab or my computer. I did all the scans that I was supposed to. So I thought, well, maybe the lab messed us up. Looked at my lab script. Nah, I, I didn't write that on the lab script. So that fell through the cracks also. Again, that's on me. Uh, so at this point, that's why I said to the guy, look, I'll, we'll make you a new partial denture. If you want something faster, you could probably go to the denture center down the street. Uh, he leaves. He's mad. Uh his wife calls back in, cussing out the front desk. Basically, I had the front desk call call back, call him back and say, look, we apologize. Things went wrong. Uh, we we don't want you to leave our practice. We'll do whatever it takes to make you happy. Uh, so I talked to the, the dentist I, I bought the place from. And I said, you're really good at making partial dentures. I'm not. Can you make this guy a partial? We're not charging him. I'll pay you to do it. It's, I just want to make this patient happy. So we talked about taking responsibility for our actions. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to do with this patient. Whether he decides to take me up on that or ever trust treatment again from me, I don't know. But in the heat of the moment, you just start making these tiny little decisions and then you invest a bunch of time into it. And then you think, looking back at the time, I should have said, this crown doesn't fit. Let me put this t- temporary crown back on. I'll send it back to the lab. We'll get it remade. Everything will fit just fine. But now I got uh, I got one patient mad at me because of that. So it's a, a big learning experience. Well, let's let's talk about this, right? So one thing that I I've learned in what the 10, 11 years that I've been doing dentistry is the patients that you always want to be a hero to. Are the ones mm-hmm. that everything ends up blowing you blowing up in your face. You know, that right. one patient you're like, oh, you know, I, I usually don't do this, but I'm gonna try my best to try to save this tooth or do this or do that. Basically, yep. you, you want to put on that that superhero cape. They're the ones that end up being pissed off at you. Everything seems to go completely wrong. <laughs> you know, you yeah. you, you yeah. wanna see them the last minute before you go home and you end up being there for another hour and a half, two hours, because yeah. nothing goes right, you know. Yeah. Uh and, and so then the question is. 
as dentists, do we just say, you know what, no more being a superhero, or do we continue to do these things and then hope that we don't get some situations like this? Because I can guarantee you, if you probably would have done this all over again, you'd have been like, no, let's just do it the way that I normally do it and not try mm-hmm. extra stuff. Right. I mean, we're all human. Right. Well, I mean, yes. you know, I, I mean, the, all the, all you can do is is learn from your mistakes, uh, learn from your experiences, and just try not to make the same mistake again. Well, but, but, but Gary, really, you have patience that I know that you've gone out of your way for, and it hasn't turned out well. We all have that, right? So what do you do? Do you just stick to the script of, you know what, I'm just going to stick to what I normally do? Or do you say, you know what, I'm going to continue to do that extra? Because there, there's a, a dentist that I know that wants to do all this extra stuff, and I'm like, that's not going to work. I don't know. You know? Extra. I mean, I've, I've learned that. Yeah, exactly. I've, le- I've learned that. Like, I don't. Just so you like, stop being there's a There's no discounts. Uh, this is not a guarantee. There's Drew <laughs> canals aren't guaranteed. This is an attempt. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I stick to the script. Yeah, it, it's I think it's a little easier for an endodontist because you have you're doing root canals. You're right. doing apicos. You're doing surgeries. You're you're kind of. There, there's not a whole lot of different ways you can do a root canal. Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. If for a general dentist where it's, you know, there, there's 10, 15 different ways to treat somebody. Right. There's, uh, and in my head, ideally, yes, we want to treat everybody to the same standard of care. Let's do ideal treatment on everybody, mm-hmm. but not everybody can afford ideal treatment. So there's compromises that get made along the way. And, Sometimes doing something is better than nothing at all. Well, okay. And there's so, a lot of patients that that don't want ideal treatment. As right, well. right. Right. So but but then here's it. a question. Yeah. When do you do ideal treatment? When do you compromise? That's the question I think in you know, if a first year dental student is coming out, right? Oh, I'm sorry, a, a new grad is coming out of school, that's the kind of that's what they, you know, they decide on. I mean, right. we've all had that situation where you like it bites you in the ass, and then you basically just say, "I'm never doing this again." That lesson learned yeah. situation. Yeah. So, how do we teach somebody who's listened to this how to not get themselves in that situation? When do you compromise, and when don't you? I don't think I think you have to live it. Like <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's, that's something. That's <laughs> yeah. the best feature is you, you just yeah. gotta make a decision, go with it, and if things turn out great, if they don't. You learn from it. You take responsibility for, you know, your actions and figure out what to do different next time, which is exactly what I'm going to do with this case. I'm, I'm going to learn from it. I know what not to do next time and I'll approach it in a different way next time. And I know how, why everything went downhill and I know I will never do that again. And that is a great teacher. I, I remember when I was in a in dental school in a in Prosto lab, mm-hmm. one of the instructors told me, that you will never make a better denture for a patient who already loves the denture they have. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's why I. That's why I don't make dentures. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> that's why I passed off making a new partial for this guy to the other dentist because <laughs> I, I am never going to make that partial that that guy loved to fit the exact same way that he loves. Okay. I, so well, I'm pulling somebody else into my, my problem. Okay. Well, <laughs> then okay. Here's another question. Let me refer, let, refer, refer, refer. let me let me then ask you this. So I remember my first root canal out of dental school when I was a resident uh, was tooth number fourteen on this gentleman at the VA. Um, first molar root canal. I perforated that tooth. Mm-hmm. A month later, that tooth needed to come out. We did the MTA and everything. We thought we could save it, and that tooth needed to come out. That should have stopped me from ever doing a root canal again. I was like, there's no way in hell. Like, it's miserable when you fail, right? I yeah. think it, the fact that I kept going, was, the only reason why I kept going was because I was a resident, right? And my director was like, no, this, you're not going to stop. You're going to do this until you get good at it. But when right. you're in private practice, that's what scares you to never want to do it again. And that's what I'm getting at. It's like, how do we teach without going through that experience? Because sometimes that experience really tells people, I'm never doing this again, or pushes them away from being the best dentist that they can be. You well, see the, what I'm I saying? Think, I think you, you, you said it when you said dental practice. 
Right. It's not dental perfection. <laughs> right. Uh, but and, but, but and, in one mind, let's be honest. We're we're not working on people's hearts here. I've drilled out. <laughs> I've perforated a root canal. Drilled out the side of the tooth. And I'm sorry, I, I couldn't find the canal. Right. The, this root canal couldn't be done. Uh, you're gonna have. To, we're gonna have to take the tooth out. And I, again, inform before you do it. Right. Is Looking at this X-ray, this might this is going to be a pretty tough root canal. I might not be able to find the the canal on the inside. And if once you do, hey, everything turned out great. It went better than I expected. Versus, uh, yeah, we'll do the root canal, no problem. It's never going to hurt you. It's going to be fine. You end up drilling out the side of the tooth. I'm sorry, this has to come out. Well, why did this happen? Why am I losing my tooth? What did you do to me? Uh, there, there's two different routes. So I think the best advice to new grads or, uh, or anybody is uh, set up that kind of the worst case scenario and, and don't sell, set yourself up for something that you might not be able to achieve. So basically and, under, under promise, over, over produce or over deliver, over deliver. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Well, and get your, get your consent signed. Right. Go over yeah. the, the, your consents. Yeah. yeah. All that should be listed in the consent. Well, okay. Well, so here's a question then. You know, if you are going through this situation, right, and you're you're, you're doing these cases and, and something does happen, I, to me, I feel like if you tell people in advance what could happen, then it's not an excuse when it does happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of new grads, and I, I'm going to say I was the same way, is you're afraid to tell people bad news. Like almost, you know, yeah. you're almost like, I don't want to say the worst case scenario because then they're going to be like, oh my God, should I even be doing this or whatever? Now I'm right. like, look, this could happen. I mean, if you read my consent, it's almost like it's, it's falling short of you're going to die. Like I tell them, <laughs> I tell them everything on that consent. Like I literally had a mentor of mine. I saw his consent and he'd been practicing for like 40 years. And like, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is like my final consent. Like, you know, he gave it to us in residency. And like, you know, he was like, this is the, I mean, everything that could have possibly happened or has happened to me is on this consent. So when people read my consent, they're like, oh my God, am I going to live through this? And I'm like, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We don't know. <laughs> no, 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 then, no, I'm messing around. You know? <laughs> Now, now lay back and relax. <laughs> you <Sade>? know, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, what music do you want to listen to? He says Sade. <laughs> no, but but do you see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like our the the best thing you could possibly do is basically tell people what your. I mean, what are the things that could possibly happen? Because when it does yeah. happen, they're not so mad. They're like, "Well, you did tell me that," and mm-hmm. I find that to be yeah. the best way to treat every situation. You know what I mean? Yep, but I think I you have to kind of go through that growing pains of, of having that mindset to do that. And it's tough. It's tough for a lot of people. So that brings in upset patient number two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Round right. two. Go ahead. So lady has uh, had a lot of dental work done, crowns everywhere, root canals. She's had perio treatment uh, and three teeth need to come out. Number three, four, five. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got crowns on the rest of the maxillary teeth. I send her to the periodontist because uh, we want to try for implants. And he's, he agrees. He takes the teeth out, grafts it, uh, goes back in late, a couple months later, puts three implants in, doesn't have a whole lot of bone. So they're 3.1 diameter implants. So basically a real narrow yeah, implant. Yeah, narrow implants. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets them in. Angulation's a, a little off, but he... They integrate. He sends her back to me. He said, these are ready to go. Uh, she even got some extra healing time before teeth went on them because of the whole COVID shutdown. She comes back to me once we're allowed to open. Uh, we get some impressions. I make some, uh, I had to splint all three teeth together to smart, smart. hold these little implants together. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, uh, they couldn't be held in with, they weren't screw retained. So basically it's, you know, for those who don't know that are listening, these teeth had to be cemented onto the implant. So they're on there. They're not easy to get off. Uh, everything looks great. She follows up with him a couple of months later. Uh, she ha- He says the center implant seems to have some infection draining out. So can you take these crowns off? Hmm. I said, 
Okay. So I had to, luckily before I cemented these crowns on, I took some pictures. So I knew where the little screw access holes were to, to get these things off. So I'm drilling through the fronts of these crowns, find the screws, take it off, send her back to him, to the periodontist. And he ends up having to take out the center implant. He flaps her open. It's not integrated. Something happened. Sews her back up. Go, waits a couple months. There's still infection coming from somewhere goes back in, cleans it out, debrides it, sews her up again. And I just get a phone call from him this week as a follow-up saying, I don't know what's going on. The other two implants are integrated well. There's still infection draining out somewhere. At this point, I don't know where it's coming from. So hmm. this, this woman has now gone through five or six surgeries in this area. Um, and basically, uh, he, he's just letting me know, like, I'm not comfortable with you putting crowns back on these things because I don't know where the infection's coming from. Uh, so the woman's going to get a second opinion from some dentist out in Pittsburgh, who apparently is a general dentist. So I don't know what he's going to do uh, coming from a periodontist. So uh, she is visibly upset. Uh, I completely understand the periodontist completely understands, but even then, whenever the risks are gone over and, and you've invested that much time and gone through that many surgeries, still, sometimes it's a, it's a human body. Sometimes things don't work. We run into problems that we don't know why they happen. And uh, you're kind of left to, to deal with the situation. We're not working on cars. We're working on people. There's biology involved. Yeah, that actually mm. happened. I have a, had a gentleman this week too. Uh, second implant failed. I've never had an implant fail on somebody twice, and I honestly was just like, I have no idea. You're just not you. You can't get an implant. So I was like, here's yeah. you know, here's your money back <laughs> for the implant. You just yeah. cannot get an implant. Like I've never seen it fail twice. You know what I mean? And we gave them the a lot of actually we gave them more time to heal. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And this time we were like, we're not even at the stage where we're putting a crown on there yet. The first time it was yeah. a crown and then it failed. This time it was like, we, it wasn't even to the point of the crown and that already failed. So it happens. I mean, I'm, I was shocked. I was like, I have no clue what to do with you. You know what and I mean? The same, same thing with root canals, right? It's a, a root canal can look perfect. You can think everything went well and sometimes things just don't heal up. Right. It's, it's, the, it's always the crown's fault. <laughs> it's always the restorative dentist <laughs> i thought they coughed in there or something i don't know <laughs> no 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 but i uh i'm, I'm joking of course <laughs> but but um you know i yeah i mean i have patients that come back and they're like oh it, it still hurts or whatever and i'm and they're like what's going on and i'm like it could be this could yep. be that yep. could be this could be that um i was like I don't, I don't know just by looking in your mouth. Uh, so we're going to have to open it up, medicate it, see, see if that helps. Mo the majority of the time it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I, I, you know, and then I, they're getting an implant. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I sometimes feel like uh, patients, and, and it's not their fault. I, I trust me when I say it, it's not their fault. But I feel like if, if every, anything goes just a little off the beaten path, it's almost like, what happened? What did you do? You know what I mean? It's almost mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, things can happen. But I feel like every a lot of patients think that everything's going to go smoothly. Like, it's just going to mm -hmm. go around one, you know, down just one road and that's it. You know, the reason why we're not just, you know, uh, people that just go to school for like a day is because we can actually, you know, alternate our path a little bit and, and make it work even when it's not going as smooth as possible. You know, and I feel I like a lot of patients just need to be patient sometimes. They do. They do. And then also, I like to remind my patients that, you know, where we are humans, you know, this isn't an attempt to save your tooth. It's not a guarantee. Right. Right. And in and even if it works beautifully now, it doesn't mean 20 years from now right. that something, you know, isn't going to go wrong with it. Yeah. Well, nothing and, let, and let's go back to why are they even into the position where a tooth needs to come out a root canal needs to be done if the patient you know, takes some responsibility on taking care of their own mouth eating the right eating right cleaning it right 
Exactly. I, mean, I didn't put the cavities in your teeth. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, he, take some responsibility. Right. Yeah. I, I will say, though, I will say, and I'm, you know, this when I play the devil's advocate, there are a lot of dentists out there that, you know, overshoot their boundaries, meaning that, you know, sometimes you're just not trained to do something. But just because financially is beneficial for you, you go ahead and do it anyway. And there's yeah. a lot that has nothing to do with patience and more to do with greed of uh, ge- of dentists in general. Well, yeah. I, well, I, I agree that that's to some that's to some extent. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes I think that people just want to try. They're, they're like, oh, I, I just want to try it. Right. And and if that's the case, yeah. you know, tell the patient or figure a way to do it. I'm not saying tell the patient, hey, you're my first uh, implant. Good luck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm not saying that. But you could, I mean, put it out there where like patients expect, okay, well, you know what? You haven't done this a lot, but let me give you a discount. Let me do something. It's almost like you have to let people understand that this is, this is going to happen. This might happen. I'm doing this mm-hmm. because I want to improve as a dentist. And I feel like yeah. a lot of people don't want to do that. They rather hide the situation, and then when it goes all wrong, and then you send it to somebody else, somebody's like, "Well, why would why would they do that?" Or you know. And I feel like yeah. a lot of us uh, specialists, I feel like we're put in situations. And then don't get me wrong, there are gen- dentists that uh, specialists put in in horrible situations too. You know, but we're putting people and we're putting each other in situations where it's like we have to almost make up for or explain why something went wrong and it's like well maybe this could have happened or you know i wasn't there so i don't know even if you're looking at something blatantly going that is dumb you know <laughs> like that's a i wasn't there right I yeah know you know I, I get you know i could see how you know i could see how they did that you know but mm-hmm. in, in, you know it's like we have to we never want to put anybody in the bus. And if anybody out there is listening and you've ever thrown somebody under the bus as a dentist, you're an asshole because you yeah, weren't there. Agree. You know, <laughs> you weren't there. So don't pretend. Don't sit there and go, oh, I could have done better. You weren't there. There are bad Agreed. days. We all have bad days. We all have Thursdays. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so we all know that, that there is nothing is perfect. You know, so yeah, I think we all have to kind of take responsibility. But patience, you gotta lower your expectations. You can you buy a thirty thousand dollar car, and in four years you're trading it in, but yet you expect that implant or that root canal, whatever, to last you forty years, and you use it yeah. more than your car. Come on, let's get your act together here. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. All right, I agree. Well, let's end it here, guys. Uh, <laughs> I think. I, I, what did we? Did we? Did we? We didn't even. Get, we didn't. No, we didn't even go into our topic. So we'll talk about. <laughs> we. I told you this is going to be a bitch fest. So. No, so I feel better. I feel better already. <laughs> so, so what we'll do is uh, next time we'll talk about uh, traveling dentistry. Uh, you know, Doctor Dennis and myself, we travel to different offices and, and uh, basically offer our. Uh, expertise on on and uh, periodontics and endodontics so we'll talk about that and then kyle actually told us that in the end he wants to do the same thing and i'm trying to figure out why so that's a little teaser <laughs> <laughs> i hope i can convince him not to <laughs> but, a little a little different spin on it and i'll go into why it's, right. it's not the same as you guys but yeah we'll, we'll talk about that next time for sure all right gentlemen let's leave it here let's go enjoy the rest of our days and uh thank you everybody for listening Thanks. All right, John. Thank you. All right, peace. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.